You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Happy Monday to all of you. We had a fantastic weekend of NBA playoff basketball. I loved every second of it. Uh, We're going to dive into that, but we were on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Whatever platform you are listening on or watching on, thank you, and please hit that subscribe button. As usual, you can check out the description below uh, on any platform, and you can see the timing at which we hit different segments. Today's all about the NBA, though. Um, The next several weeks will be because it is playoff time. It's one of my favorite times of year. I love the NBA playoffs. It's my favorite postseason of all the postseasons. I love watching... Uh, seven-game series where you get to see the teams battle each other game after game after game. You see adjustments. It's so much fun. First thing I got to say is how great is it to watch a game, even like just on TV, I mean, where there's tons of fans in the stands. So obviously a lot of these COVID protocols are slowly being lifted, which is amazing. I love watching it. And to see games where you've got now 10,000, 13,000 fans in the stands, so much better, such a better experience so much fun, loving that. So I'm very, very glad to see the NBA doing that. And a lot of these places, I didn't even see very many masks, which I really liked. It was just, it just felt like life was back. You know, we saw Phil Mickelson win the PGA Championship yesterday, which I'll touch on briefly, but um, also that was packed. You know, he had a very large gallery following him and uh, the greens were packed and it was just, it just felt like sports are back. It felt like life is kind of coming back, which is awesome. So start with that. Um, last podcast I did was before the final, uh, play in games happened. Um, I, I had predicted that the Warriors would beat the Grizzlies. They did not. And one thing that I have mentioned a couple of times on this podcast is that I think, I think there's an argument out there that Steve Kerr and even Steph Curry, as great as he is, are a little overrated, but certainly Steve Kerr is a head coach. I mean, this guy can't even get to the playoffs with Steph Curry. Steph Curry can't get to the playoffs unless he has Clay. T- I mean, he can't even get to the playoffs. Russell Westbrook got to the playoffs with nobody on his team. I mean, are you telling me that the, that the that the Grizzlies have a better supporting cast? That John Morant has a better supporting cast than Steph Curry? Yeah, maybe. I guess Draymond really sucks. Draymond does suck, by the way. But look at who Russell Westbrook had a couple seasons ago with OKC after he lost Durant. Nobody. He made it. So it's a little interesting that Steve Kerr, this savior of basketball, right? Like this, the guy that just can do no wrong, literally can't even make the playoffs with with a superstar, with a top five player in the league on his team, and that's not enough to even make the playoffs. Draymond, who's been an all-star, who claims he's the greatest defensive player of all time, which is obviously laughable, the dude airballed a game winner. He airballed, <laughs> he airballed the game winner. And if you saw the memes that were going around, there was obviously LeBron, you know, in his Rocky quote that he stole, saying, I saw, I was seeing three rims, a shot at the one in the middle. Draymond air <laughs> Draymond airballs it left, a floater in the lane, literally a wide open lane to win the game, and he, he airballs it. Um and uh, there's all these memes afterwards of Draymond, you know, at the podium for the post-game press conference. I was seeing three rims out there, <laughs> and I shot at the one on the left. <laughs> so, that was so funny. 
So Draymond, uh, the dude, the dude's so he is so overrated uh, in his own mind. Anyway, the way he rates himself, I don't rate him as a very good player, but I do think that there's an argument out there that Steph Curry just isn't that guy. You know, he's not that guy that can that can single handedly will a team to the playoffs. He he's had a chance and he and he failed. Um, and we've seen plenty of other guys do it with very little talent around them. And he doesn't have scrubs. Kelly Oubre missed the play-in game, but those aren't scrubs over there. Like He's got some decent players around him. Like Draymond Green is supposed to be really good. I, I don't think he is. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is not a scrub. Like they've got some, they've got some talent. It'll be nice to see Clay Thompson come back. Uh, there's no question that with Clay Thompson, they make the playoffs and probably even win a first round series. I think it's a second round exit for them at best next year. But the other playing game was the Wizards. Very proud of my Wizards. Uh, the Wizards had, I got the stat pulled up here. As of April 6th, they had a 0.6% chance of making the playoffs. Less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. And the Wizards, as I predicted, all season long, they did it. Wizards made the playoffs. So, okay. So now we're going to dive into all the games we had over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, the actual playoffs. First, The first games, the first eight games have taken place. And it was awesome. So we're going to do a little dissection of each game, a little takeaway of each game. Uh, and the first one is nobody should panic. It's one game. If your team lost, don't panic. It's one game. All is well. You're going to be fine. And of course, we got to start with the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz are my team. I'm here in Utah. Uh, high hopes for the Jazz. They lose as the one seed at home against the eight seed Grizzlies. They lose 112-109, and it really wasn't even that close, if we're being honest. Uh, the Jazz made a very strong comeback towards the end. They led you know, by double figures in the first half, but then the tables were turned in the second half, and uh, the Grizzlies just started to run away with it, and then Bogdanovich caught fire. And Jazz make a little comeback, but fall short, lose by three, at home, home opener, 13,000 fans, D-Wade's in the house, T-Pain's in the house, and we lay an egg. It was embarrassing, it was gross, it was disgusting, I hated it. Uh, even if we had won, that was a gross, disgusting, embarrassing game, even if the Jazz had won that game. Um, but don't panic, don't fret, it's one game, the Jazz will win this series uh, you don't want it to go more than five because we're going to have a tough matchup in the next round, and it's always nice to be a little bit more rested than the other team. Um, I had predicted that the Jazz would win in five over the Warriors. Obviously, they didn't play the Warriors. I tweeted after the Grizzlies won just the sweep, the broom emoji. Um, definitely, I got to admit, was in reference to the Jazz and the Grizzlies. So uh, I bet my good friend Dave Glauser, loyal listener to the podcast. Thank you, Dave. We bet five bucks. He bet against the Jazz, lives in Utah, bet against them. That's what kind of fan he is. Um, but well, we bet five bucks that the Jazz would sweep. I predicted that they would. He said they would not. Now, I've already paid him, and that's fine. He can keep the money. It's only five bucks. But, a little gentleman's wager. But, I definitely was thinking that Donovan Mitchell was going to play. Uh, and if Donovan Mitchell plays yesterday, we win that game very handily. We could not have played worse. We looked pathetic. Um, Donovan Mitchell was a very last minute scratch and there's reports now coming out this morning that he was pissed that he was held out from playing that game. Like he was, he, he was a full participant in practice, uh, all, you know, leading up to the game all week. And then they pull him last minute. And what happened here is the jazz wanted to give their superstar or their 
all-star, we'll say, their best player. They wanted to give him a couple things they wanted to do. They wanted to give him a few more days of rest and healing. Smart. They wanted to eliminate one more game of you know wear and tear, potential re-injury uh, off of his slate, thinking that they could win without him. All of which, in you know, in hindsight, was a bad decision. But at the time, I actually don't agree. I don't disagree with it. You know, if you've got a guy who's and your trainers and doctors are saying, look, he's not quite there. Like he's he he's fine to play. He's cleared to play. But if you could give him two or three more days, that would be nice. I think if he if the Jazz win that game last night, maybe even win it handily, you might even see Donovan sit for the entire first round. You know, if they if because when you got a guy that's hurt and you're winning without him, you just give him that much more time to fully heal. So clearly he's not fully healed. I think you're going to have to see him come back for game two. Um, we cannot risk going down 0-2 at home in the first round against the eight seed Grizzlies. That is not something that we're willing to do here. So Donovan Mitchell's going to play. I think he's going to be fine. I think he probably already is fine. Um, that's why he's so upset that he was a last minute scratch. So very bizarre decision by the Jazz. I don't entirely disagree with it, though, like I say. Uh, but I think you'll see that quickly flip, uh, and Donovan Mitchell will play game two, which isn't until Wednesday. So they've got today off, tomorrow off, Wednesday they play. I think you're going to see a Jazz blowout in game two. That's what I'm predicting in game two. So don't freak out. Um, but but again, we just looked unathletic, overmatched, unprepared. Uh, John Morant was I mean, this is Mike Conley's old team. John Morant is his replacement. And he looked like just the younger, better, quicker, more athletic, overall just better version of Mike Conley last night. And so Mike Conley has got to turn that around. Um, We've got to see him play better, shoot better. We made Dylan Brooks look like a freaking superstar. And that guy is annoying AF. Cannot stand that guy. I just think of him just flopping and flailing at Oregon where he like barely gets tapped like literally barely gets tapped and jumps backwards like he's doing the triple jump backwards falling onto the floor like he just got shot I mean this guy is so annoying uh you know and Reggie Miller on last night's broadcast couldn't shut up about what a dog he is you know the guy you want on your team no I don't I do not want Dylan Brooks on my team that guy is so annoying um but he looked like a superstar last night the guy had 31 points on 13 of 26 shooting. I don't know what he averages. I'm going to look right now because I guarantee it's nowhere near 31. Average is 17. So we let him double his average. He doubled his season average last night against us. That's how awful we were. Um, Just an embarrassing night. Just an embarrassing night. Um, So no Donovan Mitchell. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. We shot horrendously. Donovan Mitchell's a last-minute scratch. Gobert gets in foul trouble. Then eventually fouls out. Like, it was just like a compounding problems. I mean, we shot so freaking bad. And, you know, one thing that's historically been true in the NBA, especially in the NBA playoffs, is live by the three, die by the three. And you look at, like, uh, you know, like the Rockets teams led by Mike D'Antoni, where they're just jacking up a million threes a game. They were never able to real any do any real damage in the playoffs. They kind of did that year with CP3. They were one game from the finals. Uh, but didn't quite make it. Um, and so I'm just, uh, <clears throat> I'm a little bit concerned about that. I'm a little concerned that we don't have like a very many playmakers, you know, and it, it really was just glaring problem last night. The Jazz don't have playmakers. We don't have guys that can create our own shots. Bogdanovich was just insanely good for that 
fourth quarter. He only played the last 8.22 of the fourth quarter. He scored 20 points in that 8 minutes and 22 seconds stretch. He was dog balls before that. Sorry for the language. Um, he was not good before that. Nobody was good before that. What, where was that earlier? You know, um, Clarkson, 0 for 8 from 3. Are you kidding me? Clarkson's our one guy other than Donovan Mitchell that kind of can create his own shot, but he's not an elite player. He's a good player. He's not elite at all. Um, and so I, I am a little bit concerned about that. Like we, we rely very heavily on like crisp ball movement, team defense, Rudy as the anchor in the middle, uh, great passing, and then stellar outside shooting. Joe Ingles from three, Bogdanovich from three, Conley from three, Niang from three, um, even Mitchell from three. Um, I mean, we just we just really, really rely on that Royce O'Neal from three. Like, we have so many guys that can shoot it, and last night it just wasn't the case. Jazz shot 25% from three, which is the second worst of the entire season. This is a team that averages 39% from three as a team, and that's shooting 43 threes a game. So we were well below our average. We shot 47 last night, so we shot four more than we typically uh, take, and we made four less than we typically make. So that's an eight three-pointer swing, you know, in favor of the Grizzlies, in disfavor of the Jazz. So just just everything that went wrong went wrong. Um, Quinn Snyder, Dave actually sent me, Dave Glauser, the one who bet against the Jazz. <laughs> he sent me a tweet this morning, which, by the way, if you guys find interesting things you want me to touch on, uh, you can tweet at me, you can DM them to me, um, at STB Sports Take on Instagram or just at Sean Bingham on Twitter or Instagram. But um, he sent me a tweet. Quinn Snyder is now 1-6 in, in Game 1s as Utah's head coach, and uh, his overall win percentage in the playoffs is 37%. I'm not going to put—it's an interesting stat. I'm not going to put too much stock in that, though, for a couple of reasons. One, everybody's win percentage is a little bit lower in the playoffs. Everybody's. Uh, because the competition is so much greater. Secondly, he's got a very—he's a very young head coach still, uh, especially when it comes to the playoffs. We've had some tough matchups. Obviously, giving up that three-one lead last year to the Nuggets was, uh, you know, a real bummer. Um, but that's in the bubble, and it was—it's—it's it's in the past. Let's move on. But Quinn Snyder wasn't the one out there bricking threes. He wasn't the one out there getting in foul trouble. He wasn't the one nursing an ankle injury. You know, last night's game is on the players. Maybe on the staff choosing to withhold Donovan from playing. Um, and a little bit on Quinn Snyder, because one thing he didn't do is it didn't look like he had his team prepared. It looked like we had overlooked the Memphis Grizzlies. It looked like the Jazz were guilty of what I was guilty of, which is thinking we're going to sweep, right? The difference is I'm not on the team. I don't have to compete. I'm allowed to do that, and it doesn't really affect anything. If you're on the team, you can't do that. We're relying on you guys. As I make my prediction, Jazz, I'm relying on you to do your job and not shoot like crap, okay? Jordan Clarkson, 0 for 8 from 3. That's not going to cut it. Jordan Clarkson goes 1 for 8, and we have a tie ball game. Go to overtime. Goes 2 for 8, we win the game. So we don't even have to play that much better. The Grizzlies played out of their minds really well. Dylan Brooks was a superstar, and he's nobody even knew who he was before last night, except for that freaking flop he had at Oregon. So Dylan Brooks plays out of his mind. Jazz play horribly, and we still barely lose by 3. The Jazz are going to win this series. I think they'll probably even win it in five, especially if Donovan comes back. So no need to freak out, um, but definitely just a bummer. Rudy Gobert, by the way, we lose, and he sat out for a good portion. He was a plus nine in the 25 minutes he played. That's how important Rudy Gobert is. He was a plus nine in his 25 minutes of, of uh, floor time, and he didn't get to play much. He was just in foul trouble the whole time. Of his six fouls, only one of them was, was on a shot attempt. It was a shooting foul. 
So we need to keep him out of foul trouble. Valanchunas had six offensive rebounds. I hated that. I did like the effort I saw out of um, uh, Derek Favors. There was some there was some nice things there. I love seeing Bogdanovich catch fire late. That's good for confidence going into the next game. But maybe the slice of fire under the Jazz. Go win a bunch in a row. Um, get to that second round rested because the Mavericks and Clippers series is proving to be a pretty good one. So we'll see what happens there. But let's move on to Saturday's games. Bucks and Heat. Going to recap all these games now, okay? Going to do, you know, review my prediction. Some quick takeaways from each game for the series. I predicted that the... Uh, I said I was the most torn on the Bucks and the Heat. I said I would go with this one's going to be close. We're going to go Bucks and seven. The Bucks get the win, 109-107 in overtime. Um, as I predicted, this series is going to be a really good one, and I'm just going to stick with that. Bucks and seven. My takeaway though is nobody in the East is going to beat the Nets. Uh, these teams, the Bucks, they think they're there. The Heat think they're there because they were last year and they they made it to the finals. That was, that was when the Nets didn't have any of the three that are playing now. They didn't have Harden, didn't have Durant, didn't have Kyrie. And it was in the bubble. It's just different. So the Heat, they're not going to make the finals. The Bucks, they're not going to make the finals. Um, that's my takeaway there. Nets and Celtics, the Nets didn't even play very well. Um, my prediction is that the Nets would sweep. And uh, both teams shot really poorly. KD, Kyrie, and Harden combined to go 5 of 24 from three and they still won by 13. So the takeaway is the Nets are going to get to the finals, likely with no more than two losses, barring injury. I think the Nets sweep this round. They might even sweep the next round. Maybe they lose one. Maybe they lose one or two in the conference finals. They're in the finals with two, maybe three losses. That's my prediction or takeaway on that. Nuggets-Blazers. My prediction was Blazers in six. Blazers get the win, 123-109. Um, Jokic, quick note from the game. Jokic, your MVP, likely MVP had one assist in the game. He averages 8.3. For perspective, that's like a guy who averages 24 points a game getting three points in a game. That is a very bizarre stat from Nikola Jokic. One assist for the game. Michael Porter Jr. was 11-11 from two, from two-point land. One of 10 from three-point land. 10% from three for Michael Porter Jr. Damian Lillard was a plus 25 in the box score. A plus 25 for Damian Lillard. Takeaway here is I feel very good about my prediction of Blazers and six. I think it is looking spot on. The Nuggets team is going to win a game or two. Uh, they'll probably win at least two, actually. But Blazers and six is looking pretty good. Um, takeaway, though, is that the Suns and Lakers, either of those teams would beat either of these teams. So it doesn't matter who wins this series. They will absolutely lose in the second round. Okay, Clippers and Mavericks. This is the this is the one where the Jazz the Jazz if they can get past Memphis which I can't believe I just said that um, the Jazz will play the winner of this so my prediction was Clippers in five the Mavericks get game one win one thirteen one oh three Luca gets a triple double thirty one eleven and ten Kawhi goes nine of twenty two PG goes eight of eighteen and my takeaway here is there is so much pressure on this Clippers team and I said in a previous podcast when expectations are really really low. It's very easy to exceed them. Thus, my whole you know takes on LeBron James hitting shots like that deep three at the end of the shot clock to win the, the play-in game. That's a shot you expect him to make. The shots you expect him to miss are the ones that we'll talk about here in a second. Fourth quarter free throws, where all of a sudden he just is brick central. Um, when expectations are low, it's easy to exceed them. When expectations are high, it's very easy to fall short of them. 
and the expectations are sky high on this Clippers team. It is championship or bust. It was last year, and they didn't even reach the conference finals. Paul George named himself Playoff P, and he's not good in the playoffs. So he has heaped high expectations upon himself. He has heaped pressure upon himself. Kawhi Leonard dictated the entire free agency class a couple years ago, manipulated everything. The Lakers wanted him and everyone wanted him. And he just, he just demanded all these things. I want my whole entourage on the jet. We're going to do all this in secret and silence. I'm going to steal Paul George from OKC. I'm going to trick the Lakers into thinking I'm coming there. He heaped all sorts of pressure and praise onto himself and expectation onto himself. They anointed themselves NBA champions. And a lot of the media, myself included, kind of did too early that season. They fell horrendously short. This year, very similar pressure is there. These guys uh, are at their, their restricted free agents. It's a player's option for next year for Kawhi and PG. This team is getting blown up if they don't get to the conference finals. For sure getting blown up if they don't get to the conference finals. Likely getting blown up if they don't go to the finals. Okay? For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. If they don't reach the conference finals, this team's getting blown up. There is so much pressure on this team. And while I, I think I'll still stick with my prediction for them to win this series, I don't think it's going to happen in five. I don't think they're going to win four straight. Maybe they get it in six. Um, but I'm not going to be surprised if they fold. I'm not going to be surprised if they fold. There's so much pressure on them. The expectations are so high and it just doesn't feel like they're able to live up to it. Now, granted, they had taken some time off. Maybe they're a little rusty, just like the Jazz, taking some time off, maybe a little rusty. Um, the play-in game maybe has an advantage, you know, for those teams that had to got to play in, except for the Lakers, I guess. But uh, Grizzlies sure looked good. Jeez. Um but anyway, so that that's my takeaway on the Clippers Mavericks. I'm still sticking with the Clippers to win the series, but I'm not going to be surprised if they don't um, because of their ability to perform under pressure. They're clearly the better team. The Clippers are very clearly the better team here, um, but I would not be surprised to see the Mavericks pull the upset. Okay, moving on to Sunday's games. So Knicks and Hawks, this one, my prediction was literally I have on here in quotes, uh, my exact prediction it's a very ho-hum series, but also exciting because at least it'll be close. I'm going to say Knicks and six. That was my prediction. Uh, very good, except I'm going to flip that. I need to immediately just amend that prediction. I don't know why I picked the Knicks. I guess because they had home court advantage. But the Hawks are the better team. And so I'm just going to immediately admit that I was wrong and amend it after one game to the Hawks in six. Um, Alec Burks last night, former Jazz man. Led the Knicks in scoring with 27. Meanwhile, Julius Randle, their all-star, was 6 of 23. Trey Young had the game winner at the but basically at the buzzer. There was like 0.9 seconds left. A little floater in the lane, the one that very similar to the one that Draymond airballed for his game winner. Uh, but Trey Young gets 32 points. Only three three-point attempts. He was one of three, but had 32 points on just three three-point attempts. So immediately I'm just going to amend that. The Hawks are the better team. They will win this series. They will absolutely lose the next series. Um Next game, 76ers and the Wizards. Prediction was 76ers in five, and they win the game 125-118. I'm sticking with that prediction of, of Sixers in five. For the record, all of my predictions are set in stone. Uh, I can admit, hey, I was wrong on this, I was wrong on that. But it's nice to, you know, as we learn more, we amend. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Ben Simmons had a whopping six points for the 76ers. Joel Embiid had 30. Tobias Harris, 37. They go off. The Wizards' Achilles heel all season long has been their defense. They suck at it, basically. 
offensively, they played just fine. They shot the ball really well. And offensively, the, the Wizards, they scored 118 points. But defense has been their Achilles heel all year. And that was no difference, uh, no different last night. Again, 67 points from Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid combined. Uh, and then a whopping six more from Ben Simmons, who, by the way, was 0 for 6 from the foul line. Ben Simmons, 0 for 6 from the foul line. So nice job there, Ben. Uh, the Wizards are two pieces away from being a true contender. Uh, but I think if they could get like a a solid anchor, and I don't mean an all-star, like just a just a like a Clint Capella type, you know, in the middle. Someone to just be a rim defender, you know, yeah, rim rim protector. Um and then, you know, maybe one more kind of two-way type player. Doesn't even need they don't even need all-stars. Just two more solid pieces that are both good defensively, one of which needs to be a big. I think you could see the Wizards actually do some real damage in the East. I think there's still plenty of years left in in Beal and, and Westbrook, and they're the key pieces. So the Wizards, to me, actually have some potential. They're going to lose this series in five, though. All right. Uh, the last game here to talk about, Suns and Lakers. My prediction is Lakers in six. And I'm actually going to stick with that. The Suns win game one, 99-90. And not much to be freaked out about here. It's almost expected. The Suns are the home team. Uh, the Lakers are still kind of nursing injuries a little bit and kind of resyncing their team chemistry with LeBron and AD back. But they played really poorly. LeBron, uh, in the fourth quarter, had three points and two assists. He was one of four from the field in the fourth quarter and one of four from the foul line in the fourth quarter. This is the stuff I'm talking about where if you want to be all-time phenomenally great, like I'm talking Michael Jordan type great, you got to close better than this, dude. And to take four shots and make one and then go one for four from the foul line, that's the opposite of clutch. And that's what I'm talking about. LeBron James just coming from behind in the fourth quarter, that's what he does. One of four from the field, one of four from the foul line. First off, you got to take more than four shots. If you're the man, you played the whole fourth quarter, played the entire fourth quarter. So, I mean, you'd like to see at least six, especially when you're behind and you're bragging on your Instagram about what a great scorer you are and how we don't view you as a scorer, but you really are. You're the man. At least take six or seven shots. Jeez, you know? So he did manage to have another just horrendous injury, barely got tugged on his arm by Chris Paul. And he, after missing a free throw, throws himself to the floor as if he just got murdered, screaming in agony, wincing and moaning, and, oh, I'm so hurt, I'm, I've been hit. And it's like, what do we got to do to keep this guy off the ground? You know, poor LeBron. Just miraculously, he was healed again seconds later. He was totally fine. Um, but real scary moment. No, not even remotely scary. Everybody, now he's like the boy who cried wolf. It's like every time he goes down, we're like, oh, well. Every game, LeBron ends up on the floor in agony, right? Um, Chris Paul, by the way, had a little bit of a scare with his shoulder injury. And we'll see. His looked more legitimate. Obviously, LeBron's was bogus. Uh, Chris Paul came back, but I'll tell you what. If he if he's hurt, they're screwed. I think they're going to lose the series anyway. But if he's hurt, they're screwed. Devin Booker played well. DeAndre Ayton played well. DeAndre Ayton was 10 of 11 from the field. Those guys went off. Um, in fact, let me look at the box score here. So, yeah, DeAndre Ayton had 21 points, 16 rebounds. And then Devin Booker in his... But this is their debut for both these guys, their playoff debut. 34 points, 8 assists for Devin Booker. He did have 6 turnovers, which is not good. But, yeah, Chris Paul, kind of a non-factor 
offensively um, with, with just seven points on just eight shots. So the Suns play really, really well. Two of their big three play just extremely well. I don't think you'll see DeAndre Ayton play quite that well the rest of the series. And he shouldn't. I mean, what, what's wrong with these Lakers defenders? Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis, they can't keep DeAndre Ayton from going 10 of 11 from the field. Bad news. Anthony Davis, 5 of 16, minus 18 on the box score. After the game, he says he took all the blame, that there's no way they win a game, let alone a series if he plays like that. I agree. The dude had seven rebounds, 13 points. Did have three blocks, but 5 of 16, they need him to play better. Um, I think you'll see I think you'll see the Lakers win this series in six still, uh, and we'll just kind of keep our eye on that. Okay, couple final things to wrap up with. Uh, one, Phil Mickelson, the oldest to ever win a major in golf, 50 years old, wins the PGA Championship yesterday. He's actually three weeks from his 51st birthday, so he's basically 51. It's been eight years since his last major, which was the British Open in 2013. And this made me think, I'm excited to see what Tiger can do when he comes back. He did shatter his leg in another very bizarre car accident just a couple months ago. So it's highly unlikely we see him back anytime this year. But hopefully for next year's Masters and beyond, he'll be 46 then. Um, this gives hope to to Tiger Woods and others, uh, but especially Tiger Woods, because Tiger's got four or five more years before he reaches Phil's age, five more years before he's Phil's age. And and he's, his peak was far better than Phil's peak. And so it is possible to do it. Tiger can come back and do it. I personally am rooting for him. Um, I would love to, I think he's the greatest golfer of all time. I'd love to see him get a couple more majors to be right there with Jack Nicklaus. But uh, kind of interesting thing. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, this is just NBA thing that I had pulled up here. Um, this season, 11 players played all 72 games of the regular season. That's the lowest, let's see, 11 players every game of the schedule is the lowest in the NBA since 1954-55. 11 players played every game. 11 in the entire league played every game. That's the fewest in 60 years. Okay, so what I've been saying about this trend of like people sitting out, load management, resting, the NBA needs to change something. They're talking about this mid-season tournament, which could be cool. The play-in games, which I should have mentioned this earlier, the play-in games are clearly awesome. Like, the one-and-done is very exciting to watch. I actually love it for the play-in. It's perfect for what it does. I do think they should eliminate uh, you know, a team from the playoffs and then have, instead of eight teams, have just seven, like I mentioned before. But they need to do something about They need to get rid of back-to-back -back games and they need to maybe condense the season a little bit because if you get more and more players sitting out, you're just going to get a worse and worse product. And we all just kind of sit around and wait for the playoffs to come. And now we actually watch and enjoy it. And the players actually play hard. And they play. How about that? Um, all right. That's all the time I have for today, you guys. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please share the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to be doing multiple of these every week. I'm not going to be able to hit every single day, but you will see multiple podcasts every single week. So follow me on Twitter at Sean Bingham. Uh, you can find the Facebook page, STB Sports Take, on Facebook. And you can also, of course, follow on Instagram and TikTok at uh, STB Sports Take. That is it. I am out. Peace. We got the strength. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Yeah, the